we're in a series called Be the Church, and this series uh, is about what that means to be the church. And one of my big things has been throughout this series is we have a tendency to think about church as something we do, but the reality is church is something that we are. The church is always about people. And uh, right now we're the church gathered corporately, but when you leave the facility here in a little while, you're still going to be the church. You'll just be the church on mission. So that's who we are, and you, you need to understand that. And it has to impact kind of the way that we look at church, and when we talk about church, we're talking about us in the process. So because it's about people, it's about relationships, and we're digging into that. And I've said in this phase of the series, you know, it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with the people of God and our relationship with the future people of God. And we're talking about fellowship right now, which is about our relationship with the people of God and what that means. And, uh, and so we've been digging into that, and we're going to dig more into that here uh, today as we press on. So that's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two. What is a clean desk a sign of? A very full desk drawer. <laughs> that's, that was just fit me to the, because that's what I do. I can tidy up right now. Watch. <laughs> Cosmetic surgery used to be such a taboo subject. Now you can talk about Botox and nobody raises an eyebrow. <laughs> I like that one. I had a friend share this with me, and it was so bad it made the list. I had a dream. I was a muffler last night. I woke up exhausted. (laughs) Okay. Apologies to the visitors. Scripture reading here on purpose. One of my favorite passages, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, uh, if you've been with us for any of the time, we will get to that passage fairly often. It's part of my morning daily passage. We, we uh, talk about it in Vineyard Verses. It's one of those passages I encourage you to memorize because it's so powerful. There's a couple of things I love to do with that passage. One is, um, in First John 4, we're told that God is love. So uh, one of the things I really like to do is look at that passage and substitute God everywhere it says love. God is patient. God is kind. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. It, it describes the character of God in the process, which I think is awesome. And is something that we need to sort of be aware of. And I want you to make sure you're really aware of it today as we dig in to what we're going to be talking about here in fellowship in just a moment. But God is for us. He, he loves us. And that's just an amazing thing. Another thing I like to do, uh, I've called that sort of the love filter. Uh, and I think it's a great way, that passage, to kind of see how we're doing in, uh, in learning to love well. And so because we're to be becoming more and more, you know, like God taking on his character, if you would, um, th- that passage st- st- should start to uh, apply to us. And so you should be able to replace your name in there on this journey. And so you, you start with things like, when I do it, I go, Steve is patient. And then I stop. <laughs> because I can't get that. Steve is kind. Sometimes, sometimes Steve is really hangry and all that just goes right out the window. <laughs> But it's a, it's a picture of the reality that we're in process. Because I can look at that and I can think that I'm probably more patient than I once was. And I do some of those things better than I once did. But, but uh, 
but because God has worked in me in that process. But I haven't arrived yet. I'm in process. Well, I think it's important that we know that we're all in process, particularly when it comes into this area of relationship and what that looks like. And remember, this is because we're people, it's, it's about relationship. And today it's particularly about a relationship with one another as the people of God, as the church and what that means. So what we're going to start talking about here, point number one, is that uh, we need to be growing in relationship. We need to be growing in relationship. Now, um, a couple of weeks ago, as we started to talk about fellowship, we looked at a passage in Matthew 16 and how um, God uh, revealed himself, revealed to Peter who Jesus was. And we talked about how important that was. And, and that out of, out of that, as a result of that, my notes just turned completely off. And I don't need them right this second, but I will in a minute. As a result of Peter getting this revelation from God about who Jesus was, um, he was given a new identity. Remember, he went from Simon to Peter. And so there's something for us in that. As we come to know who Jesus is, we get brand new identities and, and we become new creations. Well, uh, as we continue on in the journey, we have to realize that up until that point, we were operating under a whole different set of parameters. And so we learned how to relate. We call them styles of relating in ways that weren't always healthy over the course of our lives. Because we've been hurt and other things have happened, we, we sometimes withdraw. We, we build a wall around ourselves. Um, we, we won't be vulnerable with people because we've learned how that's, we, we stay safe that way. The problem is it keeps us from really engaging in the sort of impacting relationships that God has designed us for, particularly in, in the church and in other areas. So, so we need to sort of be looking at how we relate to other people and understand that God uses, in the body of Christ, He uses our circumstances and our relational sort of conflicts even to help us in the process of growing because it causes us to look at things and hopefully it causes us to look at ourselves to see where we can continue on in the process. So um, we need to be aware of that situation. Wow, it just totally crashed. It's okay. I think I... There we go. It came back. God is good. All the time. That's right. So, the reality is we haven't arrived yet. And, and we need to be aware of that. Now, there's two obstacles we face in dealing with this whole process of growth. Having to grow. One of them is pride. Anybody here ever have any pride issues? And our pride can keep us from growing because we, we sort of think we need to keep up a pretense that we're further along than we actually are. And so we have an issue there. And when something sort of hits us, instead of dealing with it, we, we can easily get defensive over what that is. And so we have to be aware that our pride can get in the way. And that's, we've spent some time talking about the importance of humility in the body of Christ. So pride is an issue. And another big obstacle is sort of a, a messed up picture of who God is. In our lives. That's why I did that scripture reading with you earlier today. And we emphasize, you know, God is love. God is patient. God is kind. God is full of goodness. God is with us. He's for us. He perseveres. He's, he's all those things. Because when we hit a situation where, where we need to, you know, really sort of challenge ourselves and grow and admit that we were wrong. Is it hard for people? Do you have trouble sometimes admitting you're wrong? No one? Okay, good. So um, it's just me then. We have trouble admitting we're wrong, uh, and, and then we can't grow. But I, part of that is we have this bad picture of who God is. See, God is with us and for us. And, and just because we have an issue that we need to um, 
have healed and moved into and changed by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that God has stopped being for us or that He stopped loving us or He's going to pull favor off of us. Um, you have to look at those points and times in your life as really an opportunity for you to partner with the Holy Spirit to grow and to change so that you can experience the full and abundant life that God has for us. See, but our pride will get us stuck in a spot and, and uh, misunderstanding who God is. We just should we think, you know, with the, oh, we should be further along. I shouldn't be dealing with this. But the reality is you're going to be dealing with those things over the course of our lives until Jesus comes and gets us or we go to be with him. And so we have to embrace it. And so when, so, you know, listen, if you, if you didn't, if you don't hear me say anything else today. I, I want to make sure that you take this in. This is significant. When an area of mess is revealed in our lives... We can either beat ourselves up for having another area in our life that needs attention or we can see it as the incredible movement of God in our lives to bring us into the freedom he wants us to live in. See, that is so important that we get that. Because oftentimes when we, when we realize we're wrong, and we, we hate to admit it, but why not? It's okay, I was wrong. Instead of beating ourselves up that, that there's work that needs to be done, we can go, what a great opportunity now. I, can, I know that this is an area that God wants to heal in me and fix in me and change in me so that I can experience life in the way that he's intended me to experience it in sort of healthy, real-type dynamic relationship. And so we have to get in, first off, this idea that we're all growing in this area. None of us have arrived yet. None of us has arrived yet. And there's always going to be things that stir up that God can use for us to grow. And, and so we embrace that. We, we think that's a great thing. We understand it's part of growing in relationship. God never starts a work that he hasn't planned to bring to completion. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So we're going to be growing in our relationship. That just keeps us moving in the right direction. We haven't arrived. Second, let's talk a little bit about kingdom relationship. What relationship look like in the kingdom of God? Um, how, how these things are supposed to be happening in us and how different they are from, from the way that we relate prior to knowing Jesus. So the biggest problem that we have in relationship when we, when we come to know Jesus is that... Um, in, in most of our relationships, we come into relationship to get rather than to give. And the kingdom flips that completely because that's what the kingdom does. And, and, and remember, Jesus said this in Acts uh, twenty thirty five. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So this, in, this impacts our relationship. And, and the issue that we have, and we often have this whole problem, is that it's the center of the story problem. You hear me talk about that all the time. Uh, and whenever I talk about it, I come out here and stand <laughs> right here. I just realized that I always do that. Anyway, pretty centered as I can get. This, so this is his story. He's the center of the story. He's the noun of the story. We're adjectives in the story. We play a role in this story. We're, we matter to this story. We're invited into his story, but we're adjectives. We live to describe him. He's the center of the story. The problem that we have is we're constantly putting ourselves back in the center of the story. And, and we, there's no life there. That's us trying to make life work, but that's not where we experience life. We experience life when he's firmly established as the center of the story. So we find ourselves, when we're honest with dealing with ourselves, is that we have to constantly pull ourselves out, you know, extricate ourselves out of the center and make sure that he's established there. Well, this is true in our relationships. And so we have to go into it with that mindset. You know, I always say it's, it's not all about me. 
I always want to put the caveat, it is some about me, you need to know that. It's just not all about me. We're not the center of the story. He is. And so that begins to change the way that we understand relationship. Our relationships are not all about me. Uh, it's some about me, but really, we come into the kingdom in relationship to give, and that's more important than to receive in the process. The struggle with that, and, and this, is a, this is a big deal, is, see, the reality is it's God is the one who meets our needs. God meets our needs. He promises to do that. And I think we get that a lot of times, but we don't always walk that out in the faith that we need uh, to, to kind of wait. And so what we'll do is, rather than waiting for God to meet our needs, we'll, we'll try and um, force our needs being met by the people that we're in relationship with. And, and it causes that begins to cause issues. Now, the, the reality is that God certainly uses the people we're in relationship with to meet our needs. But it has to be the way that He's designed it and He's planned it and He's orchestrates it, not us demanding it. Because once we demand it, what we do is we start trying to manipulate and control people in order to meet our needs. And there's no life there. It never is satisfying. And, and the reason is that the way God created that whole process of relationship is that, that your needs are met by people who love you. See, if, if you think that your needs are going to get met by people that you're controlling, you miss it because love is a choice. See, and, and it's only love that's chosen uh, to be given to you that makes a difference in your life. It's the only thing that satisfies your heart. Everything else is the counterfeit, and, and it leaves you empty. And so that's why it's so important that we look at this and, and begin to deal with people and love people appropriately. And when you, when you come into relationship with the understanding that God is the one who meets your needs, and even if I, I might not have a need that I think I need to have met right this moment, but I can trust in God in faith and walk in Him to meet those needs, then when I come into relationship, I can love people appropriately because I can make it more about them than about me. And, and that's where we find life. And then God in His goodness often, you know, meets us in all those places where we're, we're hoping and, and praying that he'll meet us, but, but we can't control or manipulate to get there. And it changes the dynamic because when we start evaluating a lot of our relationships, we'll look and see that there isn't some measure of manipulation and control going on, and it keeps it from being as healthy and as fulfilling as it can be uh, in the process. So the thing is, though, this is a much more vulnerable way of communicating uh, and, and actually being in relationship. Because rather than con trying to control or manipulate someone, uh, we just have to learn how to talk to one another. How to communicate our feelings and our thoughts and our needs to people in appropriate ways. But that's not always easy. Especially if we've not spent any time doing it. So I was laughing with the group this morning, last night. So I had, after I'd been a Christian for about 10 years, um, I was pastoring this church. Alice and I were, were here. And, and uh, you know, I was thinking I was doing pretty good. I was on top of this thing. I was speaking into people's lives and figured, I think I, by that point in time, I had a lot of this stuff dialed in and figured out. And uh, we just thought it would be a good thing to go and see a counselor, a Christian counselor. No major problems. This life is hard sometimes. Let's go. Let's go and talk. And I really thought I'd be really good at being a counselee anyway because I'd been on the other side and I was going to go and be like the star counselee. Like, oh, you're, you're like, you've arrived. And uh, <laughs> so this, uh, this counselor, she was really gifted by God, <laughs> amazingly gifted. And she saw right through that. And uh, <laughs> we were in the middle of a discussion. 
And I remember her asking me to try and tell her, how, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? And I could not get to it. And I just, I couldn't tell you how I was feeling back then. And, and you know, the realization in that was that I had, I had sort of become very sort of um, self-contained, self I, could, I, just, I didn't ask for help. I didn't do any of those things. I just did it. And so there was no reason to ever let nobody know how I felt. If there was something going on, I just moved into it and handled it to the best of my ability. But I had cut myself off. It was very lonely. Uh, the, the reality of that, it's a very isolated way of living. And so I, I had to struggle. And, and it was funny when she said that. I couldn't come up with something. I, I immediately figured out what I was feeling at that moment was angry <laughs> and defensive. And thinking, who do you think you are? And do you know who I think I am? You know that whole discussion? She didn't care. And uh, when I got a chance to pray about it later, the Lord was just like, it's absolutely right. This is, these are areas that you need to work. And I had to just go, okay, I haven't arrived. And I, I had to really work. Uh, and still have to think about how I'm feeling. I, I take time sometimes. How are you feeling about that? Because I can easily slip back into a sort of I'll just go fix it mode. Um, but that's healthy. See, that, that's, that's where we find life is in challenging some of those things and dealing with them. And most of us have some messed up stuff in our relationships and the way that we, our style of relating that we need to challenge so that we come into relationship loving appropriately and, and impacting people's lives. Now, I, I've saved all that spot, that whole vulnerable spot, because remember already I've discussed with you the importance of healthy relationships, knowing who we are in Christ, our identity, so we're settled in that. Um, and, and because we want to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated or controlled by others either. So we've talked about what forgiveness really looks like and what repentance really is, what broken trust looks like and how trust can be restored over time. We've talked about putting healthy boundaries in place. We need to have all those things in place so that as we engage in a more vulnerable way in relationship, we're very settled in, the, in who we are, that we need to change. We haven't arrived, but we're also not going to be, we're not going to control and manipulate and we don't want to be manipulated or controlled and you need to pick it up right away when someone's doing that to you your your the holy spirit will tell you uh, me if you're listening whoops that's very controlling or that's very manipulating and you don't have to move in that direction you don't want to do it back either you just love into that situation so those things start to happen and then ultimately we have to have that down because this is all about in the church this is all about honoring one another as a group we're to be honoring one another uh, Paul said in Romans 12:2, we've looked at 12:10, we've looked at the scripture a couple times in this series. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. To honor means to put value to something or to respect or to treat as precious. Uh, so, sometimes if we look at the opposite of a word, it helps us to understand it even better. To dishonor someone would be to treat as common, ordinary, be disrespectful, or, or act like they have no value at all. But as the church, as believers in Christ, as the sons and daughters of the King, we're to take the lead in honoring others, putting value on them, considering them precious the way that the Lord does. That needs to be uh, what we do. As people who know that God meets our needs, and He loves us and cares for us, and He's patient, all those things, we then are the ones who are to put value, give value others. What destroys honor is putting your needs and your wants and your cares above others. Philippians 2.3, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves or honor others above yourselves. So the way that we honor people is that we understand their needs and their concerns and their wants and their thoughts, and we give them value in place. Now, when I started this part of the series, I, I started back in 1 Corinthians 12, 
And I said in fellowship, I talked about the body of Christ. You remember, because um, this verse, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. But if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. If one part is honored, everybody gets to hang out in the joy when we're bringing honor. So we have to develop this culture of honor in the church. And you remember, I, I was saying uh, how... When we got into this whole message, I was reading that passage, and the day before, on that Saturday, the giant bag of frozen eggs had fallen on my foot, if you were here, remember, and broke my toe. Back then, it was a 10-pound bag of eggs. Now, it's a 50-pound bag of eggs. But anyway, (laughs) the story changes over time. It's like when you catch a fish this big, and, you know, then all of a sudden, (sighs) not that fishermen ever do that, ever. But how the toe, the broken toe, was impacting my entire life. It's still not 100%, but it's getting better. But see, the body of Christ is so important. And so, you know, I want to read you that entire passage. Uh, and, and I started with this passage and with it. And this time, with all the stuff that we've talked about, think about your role and who you are in the body of Christ. Just as a body, though, one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink even so the body is not made up of one part but of many now if the foot should say because i'm not a hand i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body and if the ear should say because i'm not an eye i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be but the fact But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. I love that now in context. You see how powerful that is? Every part, that's every one of us. God has placed just where he wants us in the process. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment for God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I love that. It's so powerful. Each one of you is a part. What an amazing gift that we have from the Lord to be the body of Christ. How amazing it is that he's given us the church. Uh, and he's given us a place where people, uh, are, are, we, we can come and we can love and be loved. And, and we can encourage and be encouraged. And, and we can, you know, pray for and be prayed for and make a difference in the world around us. So think about those things this week. And, and in your areas of life where there still needs to be some growth, don't think of it as a bad thing partner with it is a wonderful thing that God's moving in you the Holy Spirit is moving us in those directions and it's a it's something that we not to beat ourselves up over but to embrace and just go with it so that we can ultimately experience the freedom that God has for us the full and abundant life that he's come for us to have so think about that this week and we will uh we'll plug into some more good stuff next week but that's good for today ministry team those here why don't you head over to the wall people on the way over there here to pray for you If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure that you get it.
But let me pray for you as a group. Papa, thank you for your love for us, for your patience, that you're with us, that you're for us, that you love us. And God, help us to, to take all that in as we walk through these relationships together, that we would grow in relationship and experience healthy relationship, God, in our lives to bring you glory. And that as we do, not only would we be changed, but, but that change would impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again for every church in this area where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationship problems, finances, situations. Let me, let me say this too. Some of you really struggle with your value. And uh, it's caused and is causing major issues in your life. And you need to know that you're valuable. You need to know that God considers you. You are so, you are so worth it that he went to the cross for you. That, that you need to get a hold of that. And maybe you just need a little encouragement with that today. Perhaps you should let someone pray for you before you go. And if you don't know Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior, just take care of that too. Humility and faith. Humility is just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking God to forgive you what you'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a simple prayer like that, do it now. Best decision you'll ever make in your life. If you need help, just go and ask someone. Say, hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay in our breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service today, God, so they can hear about your love for them as well. You're an awesome God. Praise God from whom. Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast to be in the back. As you go, drive safely. Have a great day. Hope your team wins. Catch some fish. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.